Welcome to our first ever episode of Duel With Us, a series of the Forever Young podcast. We release episodes on the 16th of every month, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe and follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Charlene, and I'm joined by Tim. Hey, how are you guys? That was really good. I really like that. You should, you should host you. more. Oh my gosh, so nervous. <laughs> You've got like sweats <laughs> and stuff going on. It's okay, but also it just started raining, so I think there's gonna be a bit of background noise. Yeah, that'll be fine. It's it's a nice it's a nice rainy mood for people to like read books and listen to podcasts. So yeah, it's yes, perfect. Yes, I agree definitely. Mm. So, uh, what is this? What is this do with us and this new series that we've come up started? with? Yeah, yeah. I I really um. <laughs> So we called it Do With Us because like the Chinese character Do, which means read. So it's sort of like read with us. I'm really, I, I like the name. I haven't got very many good receptions with the name, but I like it. I think it represents us like, and also like yin and yang because yang is like doing, but yin is like reading. So it's like uh... both and it's very Chinese medicine. <laughs> thought behind it i'm just trying to help you save the name okay okay thanks i I appreciate the thought that's very (laughs) nice of you um so this is like a book club where we review books and we look at books and we decided to segment it into two parts which is sort of like should you buy this book is this book ready for you or right for you and then the second part is like us reviewing it we're talking about our feels um, what we found interesting, what we liked about it. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. So that's pretty good in terms of what we want to do for this sort of spin-off series. Uh, what sort of books do you want us to look at or are we looking at, Charlene? I think primarily Chinese medicine books because it is a Chinese medicine podcast. But I think one of the thoughts or the reasons we had behind this was because there's so many books out there and there's not really an essential readings for Chinese medicine beginners type of book list. And this podcast and this series will kind of act like that. So we look at introductory books um, for people who know nothing about Chinese medicine or who are just first years, new students, kind of wanting to delve into it a bit bit deeper. But also later on, I think we're going to review some of the classic literatures and the commentaries um, and books that are useful for Chinese medicine practitioners as well. Um, was there, is there anything that you particularly want to read in terms of like the types of books out there? Because there's so many. There's so many. I mean, I really like self-development books like in themselves already, but I feel like this is like a new opportunity for like learning Chinese med sort of stuff, like books and stuff that I haven't looked at or reading with other people because some of the content can be so dry, like so hard because of like translations and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to learn more about this this Chinese medicine world. What about you? What about like particular types of books? Yeah, or like what sort of books what? do you do you like to cover I'm or really look into? Look, I'm really looking forward to some of the classical like classic literature commentaries just because a lot of them 
the classics are written in this ancient form of Chinese that needs to be translated to Chinese that needs to be translated to English and it's open to <laughs> yeah. so much interpretation that it's really mm-hmm. interesting to get other people's thoughts and then for that to kind of create our own thought or like train of thinking within you it's just you can put your own spin and bring your own experience and everything into it which is what Chinese medicine is all about yeah I often associate with like bible reading I don't know if you've ever had that it's it's like the scripture has once said this now let's interpret it into like 500 million ways that can be like used or interpreted into your own life mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I, I think that this will be our Bible study together. <laughs> if you're not religious, I'm, I'm not that religious anymore. But it could be fun. It's, it's yeah, fun. definitely. So we <laughs> introduced our book via this really cringe video on our Facebook page. If you haven't I liked seen it. it. Hey, don't, don't talk bad about it. I really liked that video. It took me so many tries. I'm never going to be a YouTuber or like a social media person or whatever because I was just so awkward and even in this video i think it was like the 20th take and i still stuttered <laughs> looked good on the first take i mean it, i can only see the the, the final presentation yeah. and i was like oh yeah that's really good i think it's but yeah i like the joke that you made is yeah sorry you go oh no no what joke did i make a joke yeah you made a joke it's like like you're we're doing a book review and you just have you don't have the book so you have held oh. out like your your ipad screen with the book title yeah i got roasted by my housemates for that they were just like excuse me you can see the power cord still dangling in there if you (laughs) as a book you should have at least taken the power like cable out and i was like it's too late now it's on facebook for everyone to see yeah that's fine i think having visual representation is like good enough rather than just like waving your hands around Mm, yeah that's true so, um, in that video, we announced that the book was The Web That Has No Weaver um, by Ted Kipchak. And the version that... Re- <laughs> sorry, sorry. Me trying to say his name. So, so, the version that we read was the second edition. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about why we chose this book? Um, I, I think this is like a great book that sort of bridge between the outside world and just the Chinese medicine world. So like it, it covers a lot of foundation from the Western medicine side of like how we sort of view the world and what we, how we look at things from like, like a sciencey sort of perspective. Whereas the Chinese medicine world is completely different in terms of like its approach, um, how it sees things, how it treats things. So I think that was a really good book in terms of like bridging the gap between those two. How long did it take yeah. you to read? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm not going to lie. This book took me quite a while. I, I kind of put it on and off for like, like at least a month. Like I didn't constantly read it. I just read 20 minutes and I was like, ah. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to do something else. Why do you what think that you, was? Oh, for oh. me, I read the first 
half. So the way the book is set out is there's, um, I guess the first half of the book is the chapters and then the second half is the appendix for like references and things like that. So the first mm-hmm. half of the book I read really quickly. I think it was within like a few weeks, which is like yeah. a normal sp- I get, or I guess like a normal speed for me, um, mm-hmm. especially with Chinese medicine books. So it was like a normal length of time for me. But then the appendix just took me so long because it was all information. It was all, yeah, there was so much content that I had to wrap my head around that I just mentally needed a break from it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. He, I feel like Ted's done a lot of work in terms of his research and his evidence gathering which probably explains why half of his appendix is like literally a thousand pages long, which is how long the actual book is as well. Yeah, for sure. But, mm. um, something before we move on to the book, uh, I want to, I want to ask like, what, what do you think motivated you to start this spin-off series? So like, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think for me personally, now that we're graduated, it's a little bit difficult to always have your mind in Chinese medicine when you're not at work or um, even when I'm, I'm at work sometimes because I'm not necessarily, I'm not practicing at the moment. So it's difficult to kind of keep my head around the knowledge, the um, the principles, the theories, the herbs and acupuncture points all of it and I think that I wanted to start reading more Chinese medicine books and just expanding my knowledge when we were in uni we were given our lecture notes and so we didn't have a prescribed reading list Um, and there were all these books out there that were in the back of my mind but there was no way to kind of um, focus on any of it like I didn't know what to focus on and I think doing this series, reading these books is going to help me kind of focus on Chinese medicine when I'm not at uni, when I don't have assignments, when I'm not at work and things like that. And because it Chinese medicine is about the lifestyle, I think I want to incorporate it into my lifestyle as well. Yeah, so what, exactly. I think that's a good point that you made where it's like when you're working, you're not necessarily learning, you're just doing like you're just treating people or you're just helping other people but you're not expanding your knowledge in terms of growing mm-hmm. what about yeah, you what really was good. your motivation for this series um i actually wrote it down when we discussed the idea <laughs> which was i remember you wrote down yours which was i want to read more that's why i want to do this and mine was yes i would like to read more you stupid idiot <laughs> this oh. is to myself so i was like I feel like Chinese medicine is such like a big, it's like it's its own world sort of thing where if you don't actively learn more, you'll just be stuck in like the shallow small pool of knowledge that you know yourself. So yeah, I think this will be a good chance to swim into a bigger ocean for me. Hopefully. Hopefully. I think so. I mean, you've started by reading this introductory text. So what, <laughs> yeah. what did you think of it good like bad is it worth people's time if they haven't already read it yeah i already i absolutely that yeah aren't reading hopefully um i absolutely loved this book like sure it was 
this guy talks TED talks in a very TED talks. Mm, TED talks, yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, good one. Um, his TED talk is is sort of very um, informative, so it's packed with a lot of content. You can see that his words are very carefully chosen whenever he does things, but sometimes it can be a bit. It's not definitely not a casual sort of reading for me, at least. Um, what about you? Did you think it was good, bad? I think it was okay. very good. Um, I don't read a lot of Chinese medicine introductory texts, but the way he explained things was just very logical, and even the flow of the book made so much sense. Um, yeah, I think because this was the second edition, so the very first one he released was way back when Chinese medicine was still not that known. So this version that we read was very science, like biomedicine and scientific, like based as well. Like he did a lot of comparison. I'm not sure what the first one was like, but I really enjoyed that, like comparison and the papers and the evidence to back up what he was saying as well. Hmm, that's good. How um, do you think that? Who would you recommend this sort of book to, in terms of like? Should it just be like anyone, or should it just be like a specific sort of group category? I think it's good for beginners and like foundation into Chinese medicine. So first years or people that know nothing about it, just because of the level、um, and the information provided. If you are a practice. Like Chinese medicine practitioner, and you want to gain like another perspective on the foundations and the basic theories. I think it's also an interesting read because it's not just these are the theories. It kind of has this、um, cultural like inclusion to it. Like it's not just these are the theories. He's he's like these are the way that the people who practice Chinese medicine view these theories, which is the interesting part. Yeah, I I really like that about this book as well. It's like, this guy is a、uh, he's from like,、uh, where is he from? It's definitely from, not a Chinese background. No, yeah, Western background. Yeah, and when he explains it, I'm like, I totally understand you. When he talks about like these Chinese medicine concepts have seemed very foreign to someone who grew up in the like a Western background as well. Was that, that was, the same for you, Charlene? Yeah, that was because he spent time like immersed in China in Chinese medicine, right? That's how he can explain these topics in a way that I guess people with a Western background can understand. Hmm. He he has this talent of like explaining it so well, though. I just I just love the way he writes. But it's um. <laughs> Yeah, what? Sorry, I'm getting. I've become his number one fan now. Ted Ketchup. I don't even think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, I think But, I'm butchering it as well. Yeah, Ted talks. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um. Yeah. What What did you think you got out of this? Did you get anything out of this book? First of all, should be the question. Um. Without. Spoiling the book and giving too much away.、Um, I think、mm-hmm. there were some topics that, or some basics around, like the organs and、um, the connections to the souls and the spirits, 
that weren't necessarily super clear to me, but from this book, I gained a different perspective and an understanding of it um, that I didn't have before. So yeah, even someone who has just graduated and thinks that they know, you know, knows about Chinese everything. medicine theory. I don't, yeah. I don't know everything, but I think there's... <laughs> There's a different perspective to be gained, even if you do know the concepts and the theories. Hmm. I think it's yeah. I think it's great for someone who either has like wants to start Chinese medicine and get that sort of introduction, like that strong foundation, or people who are just like who have done Chinese medicine and just want to patch in any holes. This book is like amazing for that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely yeah. agree. Um, so, was it worth the money? Is is it value? Um, <laughs> is it value? That should that's that's a good question. I mean, we got this for free though, so always worth it if it's free for us. But I think the average price is around uh, ten dollars for the Kindle on Amazon, and around forty dollars Australian or fifteen dollars USD. Which is, I would say, it's pretty worth it for this book. What about you? I think it is as well. I think it's one of those texts that I'm going to, like, get for my bookshelf in my practice. Like, my along the future dream is when I have my own practice, I'm going to have this bookshelf filled with, like, clinical books or all Chinese medicine books, even just lifestyle and it's just going to be there and people can browse it and be like, oh my gosh, this book. So it's, yeah, definitely one that I think I'm adding to the bookshelf list. Yeah, fair enough. If, as if Dead Man's book isn't big enough for the whole bookshelf <laughs> itself, though. Yeah, or Benski's. Um, oh my god. Yeah, that's massive. It's okay, it's going to be a It'll big It'll be like bookshelf. this tiny little, that's true, has to be. Well, it has to be if you want to fit everything in it. Yeah, fair enough. There was this one thing that... Uh, Alright, it's a mini spoilers into the book, but I thought it was, like, super cool. So there's, like, three levels, apparently, for a Chinese medicine practitioner. Um, uh, there was, like... So the first level is, like, seeing the patients as, like, parts of a whole and then forming a di- diagnosis from there. And then it got to like level two, which is like, you can see both. There's no difference between the parts and the whole and everything all becomes like a landscape and like a picture in itself. And you can instantly see um, acupuncture points and treatment for herbs and stuff like that. Um, as soon, Even if you see someone else's diagnosis, you can instantly see someone else's um, patient in front of you. And the third level is like mind-blowingly God-level tier of Chinese medicine practitioner, which is like, they call it the penetrating divine illumination, right? This is like God tier level. <laughs> you, you, you see the patient, you let them talk for five minutes, and then you're like, ah, yes, it's you. <laughs> that, that like magical, mystical moment of being like, ah, yes. Let me talk to you, and that is considered a form of medicine before the medicine has even reached your mouth. I don't know. I thought that was, like, 
Yeah, I think it's a very interesting topic because then it's that concept of like Chinese medicine masters um, that have the mm. students and the knowledge is passed on. And it's, well, because way back when, like thousands of years ago, there was no Chinese medicine schools. There were just masters who um, developed their art and developed this like penetrating divine illumination and then just pass that on <laughs> to their students. And I think it's really interesting in that it is a, like, it takes time. So you're not going to get that as a fresh graduate or even like a five-year practicing um, Chinese medicine practitioner. Like the more patients you see, the more experience you get, the more, I guess, you're um, involved in the Chinese medicine knowledge or like seeking out that knowledge is when you kind of reach that like master or God level you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's not... But... It's not a concept that mm. I guess Western medicine is kind of, um, or like Western medicine doesn't really follow that tradition of, um, I don't know, this, the knowledge and passing on yes, the I knowledge type thing. I don't know. It's not as, like this concept of um, when you see the patient, you just know kind of makes so much sense to me because I guess when I saw Chinese medicine practitioners that were older, like basically they took one look at me and they're like, like just listing all this stuff about me. And I was like, are you a psychic? Like, how do you know this? Yeah, but like, it's how just, do you know? yeah, yeah right. but it's just from all of their years of practicing and all of the knowledge that they've gained. And yeah, it's literally, it was, it was like psychic to me. I was, I didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think that adds to the whole Chinese medicine being that like mythical, magical, mysterious sort of medicine, which seems quite scary from like a Western medicine perspective. Because it's like, how does he know? Is he is he telling? Is he really telling the truth? How do I know this is not all like BS sort of thing? But I think the book goes into that well because it talks about what um, methods or um, the interventions that the doctors use to make their diagnosis and treatment so the way that Ted explains it in the book is very logical and it makes once you he explains the um, master level it's like oh that makes so much sense whereas if I was explain going to mm. explain it to someone they'd be like um, are you crazy like what? <laughs> yeah, you're a crazy person. Yeah. She's definitely a crazy person. Yeah. Um, now, without going too much into the book, uh, let's have our intermission where this is like our spoiler-free zone. If you guys um, want to read the book and not go into the second section, this is probably the perfect time to like pause the video, read the book, come back, and then listen to the second half, which is when we sort of deep dive and dissect it and look at like the, the best parts, the little little quirky parts that we like and stuff like that. And welcome back. This is the spoiler spoiler ahead. That's you've been warned. So we're gonna have a look into the like spoiler zone. Yeah, this is the spoiler zone. The danger zone right now. So um yeah, welcome back. This is where we're going to talk about like a deeper dive in like um, contents of the book that we found really interesting, 
stuff that we wanted to introduce to you guys or talk about, which was really cool. Um, yeah, let's let's start us off with the title, the web that has no weaver. It's a, it's a pretty funky title. What did you think of the title before you read the book? Um, I thought it was like some spidery thing that he was going to trap us into, but I don't know. I just, I had no idea what it sort of meant. What about you? Yeah, I think I was the same. I was just like, a web that has no weaver, doesn't the spider weave the web? What? Mm. So it was, yeah, a little bit confusing at first, but I think after the reading the book, we're both like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense now. Yeah, he definitely explains it. Like really well. Like, do you know when they you watch movies, and then they don't hit you with the title screen until like later on in the movies? They're like, and we got exiled, and then the movie's called Exiled or something like that. And you're like, oh, they said the title name. This is amazing, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think he did that later on in the book after like the second chapter, and I was like, yeah, so good. He hit us with the book title. But yeah, what, what, what does it so mean? So I'm just gonna read. Mm. I'm just gonna read a bit of the book or um, some notes that I have. The web is the macrocosm, the universe that is considered to be uncreated, but to exist through the dictates of its own inner nature. That is through the constant unfolding of yin and yang. So, that concept that the web or the universe is not created and that it's forever changing due to the nature of yin and yang always changing just kind of blew my mind mm. there's just like an underlying truth in everything that's always happening we just might not know it sort of thing yeah yeah and that there's i guess cause and effect relationships out there that you can't see but determine kind of the way that the world is the nature of everything Mm. and it's going back to that like really basic chinese medicine principle of like yin and yang are like the core and like yin and yang are are in everything Mm. i think it's i think it's really hard to understand that concept when you don't grow up with understanding what yin and yang is do you know what i mean I mean, I feel like I did not know yin and yang, like what yin and yang was. The concept was always there. I mean, even when I was young, my mom was just like, yin and yang. And I'd be like, huh? Yes, mom. I think after, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. after kind of studying Chinese medicine and even reading the book, like the way he describes and explains yin and yang, it's so simple and it's so understandable. Mm. which is why the concept of the web kind of makes so much sense because he explains yin and yang first and then like you said he doesn't talk about the web till a bit later which makes perfect logical sense um when you're reading the book Mm -hmm. how how would you explain yin and yang to like you in the past before you did chinese medicine now that you've read now you've got more understanding and stuff just like a brief summary i think it's just oh, I oh my gosh, um, bus what? Yeah, I'm right here for you to run over. Um, <laughs> taking uh, just one person. Thank you. All right, cheers. 
I think it's like the opposing and the opposite kind of nature of everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that doesn't help. Like the sun is yang, but the moon is yin. And yeah. for every um, everything, there is an equal or um, opposite that is affecting it. Like when the sun rises, the moon is like going down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that the right way? Yeah. And so it's like, it's just the... It's like a duality know, sort actually. of thing. Yeah. It's like if... How how would you ex- um, <laughs> how would you explain it to past you? I'm not very good at explaining things. Um, me neither. Uh oh. <laughs> no, it's I I think you explained it pretty well. It's it's more of a concept and an understanding of what it represents rather than having like a yes, yin is white and yang is black. It's more of just understanding that idea of they're together. Uh, but they're also opposites. So, for example, like the one that you use, which is like yin is night and yang is day, where it's like yang is like active, that sort of like hot energy when you're like moving and like doing stuff, you're being creative, you're deciding to do something, that's all sort of yang aspects, whereas yin is that sort of yeah nourishing, nurturing, that time to like rest, recover, um, yeah, just like build yourself internally rather than shoot out externally, which is more young sort of characteristics. Is how I'd explain that sort of roughly, not very well, but just the idea of what it represents in each side. I think the way you explain it, the what I got from that is more of a nature to describe things like. Um, things have like a yin and yang nature rather than then they I mean they are yin and yang but also like they have the um, properties or the characteristics of being yin and yang which is how they affect each other and how they um, interact in the universe I guess is that a way of thinking that would help that makes sense yeah and I, I think everything in the world has a yin and yang in, from a Chinese medicine's perspective. Mm. Even, like, understanding yeah. the world and not just looking at, like, how to treat someone or how to help someone. Like, literally everything. It's like the neuro, uh, what the neurons, what's it? The electrons and the protons is, like, the yin and yang <laughs> of science, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Aren't there three of them? Yeah, there's three of them, but... But, like, in terms of, like, the opposites, protons and electrons are, like, the opposing forces. Neutrons are just, like... Yeah. Just exist for, like, fluff. Yeah. Not really. Don't don't quote me on that, <laughs> science people. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want a better understanding of yin and yang, you should read the book. Mm. He explains it much better than the both of us. <laughs> But yeah, let's He does. <laughs> let's let's talk about what the web that has no weaver means. Like you you did that really nice segment that you were talking about how like the web is like a macro macrocosm. Cosm. Yeah, that's a mm. what does that even mean? Yeah. I think um the Taoist 
the Taoist, the Taoist thought is that there's no cause mm-hmm. um, for specific things that happen, and it's about like the dynamic nature of yin and yang, how they're always changing, and so because they're always changing, you're never gonna have that kind of stable um, state, and due to the dynamic. Um, natures and relationships there's this web being created but it's not necessarily created by one thing it's there's no weaver it's created through these relationships so i think that's my understanding and interpretation of what he's put in the book yeah no is that there's no yeah there's there's no one there to be like the one that the one cause there's no cause there's just effect sort of thing and i i think yeah, that was really profound cons- mm. sorry go oh i was gonna um elaborate on what you said and just kind of say the weaver i guess is the cause rather than um a person or a thing because when we think of like a weaver i immediately thought of the spider that creates the web or something like that but the way he talks about it in the book is the weaver is the cause of this thing happening so if the web is the effect and the weaver is the cause (laughs) the effect has no one specific cause yeah i think that was really confusing no 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 i think i think you're right (laughs) i could see your brain just like ticking over and be like she she said web and weaver way too many times (laughs) no no i've got a headache at the moment so my, my brain has to tick extra hard right now um, I think I think what you said makes sense to me, and I think a lot of that concept translate into the medicine when when you look at treating patients and looking at how do you help them. That that sort of concept of like you don't always have to know what is going on. You just need to know like you look at different observations or patterns in a patient, and then you focus on that to treat them rather than being like. Um, compared to like a Western medicine perspective, which is more like wanting to dissect like everything, like to the very core, which is definitely not a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And he talks about this in the book, the way that um, Western medicine views disease versus how Chinese medicine views disease. Um, And how he was saying... Western medicine normally uses like a specific etiology, so like a bacterial infection or something, and then that kind of informs their treatment. But for something more vague and broad, like chronic lower back pain um, or just random pain, Chinese medicine is, um, I guess, as effective, if not more effective, because it looks as the, at the entire picture the entire person the Mm. entire web rather than just yeah like just that one um symptom or aspect of what's going on Mm. and i think a lot of the when you're looking at symptoms or like thing things that patients are suffering from you can't take anything that they're suffering out of context so like everything has to be part of that whole sort of web in someone's body you can't just be like, oh, so you've got, you're stressed at the moment, but you're suffering from back pain. Eh, that, but don't worry about that stress stuff. That stuff is not related. 
sort of thing. But I think, yeah, that's a plus um, of Chinese medicine that you do look at the emotional, like the stress that you were talking about is part of the emotional aspect, but is also part of the web of the person. And um, yeah, and it's, I think a li- nowadays Western medicine is also trying to look at that emotional side of things, but the way Chinese medicine integrates it, because it's been doing it for thousands of years, I think um, is a good guide for how Western medicine can kind of integrate that as well. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, it's, it's raining at the moment. <laughs> I'm so sorry if you guys could hear that back at home. But um, yeah, it's a nice rainy mood to talk about this. So something I wanted to look at is, yeah, that that idea that you're talking about between Western medicine and Chinese medicine and how, like, how do Chinese medicine see, like, organs and, like, because we mentioned before that we can't, they don't really see it down to, like, the the bacteria level or the infection level or virus level. How do, how do they see it now instead sort of thing? Um, How Chinese medicine Mm -hmm. sees it? Yeah. I think it's like we were talking about before. It's like parts of a whole, but also they um, view the Chinese, or view the Chinese medicine, view <laughs> the person as a whole. And so um, all of the parts of them, the yin and yang, are always changing. And it's about the imbalances in the body. Um, so if in any one organ, for example, yin and yang is out of balance, that's going to create a certain set of symptoms or um things happen in the body and that's how chinese medicine practitioners kind of base their treatment off um so whether it's like herbs acupuncture lifestyle diet things it's based on the imbalances um of the yin of the organs of the body would you agree yeah i completely agree with you um, could you explain it with like an example of how Chinese medicine would see a disease compared to like how like the standard Western medicine would see the disease? Yeah, I think Ted um, provides really good examples in his book, and one of them is for a peptic ulcer disease. So, from a Western medicine perspective, they diagnose it using like an upper GI X-ray or an endoscopy or something like that. And um, from the Western medicine point of view, they all suffer from this same disease or like disorder um, of the intestinal uh, gastrointestinal system. But then when it translates to kind of Chinese medicine, the doctors found that all these patients, so these three exact patients that were diagnosed with the same GI condition were different in Chinese medicine, so different syndromes. And this means that their treatment was different. The examples that he provided were, there was one patient with... um, He was aggressive and always challenging the doctor. He was constipated with dark yellow urine Mm -hmm. and his tongue had a greasy yellow coat and his pulse was full and wiry. So from Chinese medicine perspective, this patient had damp heat affecting the spleen. And then the next patient, um, it was a female, so her complexion was ashen and her cheeks 
were ruddy. Ruddy. <laughs> I'm not sure what that mm. quite means. <laughs> but she was constantly thirsty, um, had insomnia, and was nervous and fidgety. So I guess the overall person was a different um, constitution, different sort of nature, yeah. constitution, nature, yeah. yeah, to the previous one. Um, and the tongue and pulse was different. The tongue was dry and slightly red um, with no tongue coat and the pulse was thin. So the um, practitioner said that this patient had a deficient yin affecting the stomach, which is different from the first patient. And then the third patient that was diagnosed with the same disease in Western medicine um, had a different presentation as well. So this patient disliked cold weather, had a pale face and wants to sleep a lot. The urine was clear and frequent and um, they appeared timid and shy. And so their um, syndrome was the exhausted fire of the middle burner or um, deficient cold affecting the spleen. So I guess that kind of highlights the one disease in Western medicine has different um, patterns, not diseases, but like different um, ways of treatment in Chinese medicine. So it's not just like a one size fits all. You've got a peptic ulcer. This is what we do. It's very dependent on the entire web, the whole of what's going on with the person. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think there's so each person is sort of complex and individualistic, even though they've been diagnosed with the same sort of gastric peptic ulcer or whatever. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so there's, yeah, Chinese medicine doesn't have a one size fits all category. Um, but I guess the way the Western medicine, I'm not saying it's like bad or anything, it's just different, but the way that Western medicine diagnoses the disease is through like specific physiological changes or like a bacterial infection. There's kind of like a specific thing to pinpoint that yes or no, you have or don't have this disease. Mm. Um, whereas medicine lacks that like specific cause like the specific weaver for its web yes yeah i think that's that's some really good insight into comparing the two western med and chinese med um differentiation and stuff like that um well um we hope this offers some insight into the foundation of chinese medicine from a sort of perspective that's very different to other books whereas they're normally from the same sort of genre and i just want to say thank you everyone for listening to our first episode of do with us uh don't forget to follow us on facebook join our facebook group for new books um what we want to look at next or read next and we have been the forever young podcast and we'll read with you next time bye bye (laughs)